doesn't take the power. I give it to him. Now, does he take it in a negotiated moment where it's like hot and heavy and yes, please, let's do some kink? That's different. That's not how we live our life every day. He doesn't just walk up to me every moment of the day and grab me by the hair and go, you will do this. We call it a power imbalance amongst equals. Yeah. We each see the other's value. We determine the roles. We determine what we are willing to do. And then on a personal level, we think about why we're doing it. And I do it to serve because that's what I like to do for a person I deeply care about, which is also how I could look back on my pre-kink life and go, oh, you have always been submissive. You were just serving the wrong people who took advantage of that. Welcome back to Spank Your Next, a fetish and BDSM podcast with your hosts, Anna and Gregor. This is the podcast for the kinky and the kink curious, where we sit down with a sex positive educator or expert to talk about their topic of expertise, the things they really know about. And this is episode 11 and we're into season two. How are you, Gregor? Wow, my God, it's so hot in Barcelona. It's so hot. It's, and not just because of the people. I think it's really global warming. <laughs> well, I mean, Europe has been on fire. We were just talking to someone um, who does a Shibari um, course on fetish.com. And he said it was 41 degrees in London. And I used to live there. So I know that is very Crazy, abnormal. crazy temperatures, yeah. But yeah. And you can especially feel it in the cities, you know, kind of all the concrete heating up. and Everywhere I go, I'm fucking full oh. of sweat. But here we are, working for you, Surviving, dear listeners. not thriving. <laughs> not thriving at the moment. <laughs> So um, let's do a bit of housekeeping at the top. We released a teaser for a phone-in episode we're working on just before this episode where we want to hear your kinky first-time stories. And Gregor, why don't you tell people how they can submit their stories? Yeah, if you have a good story, which we know you have, you can still send it in. You can send us a voice note on Instagram at Podcast, or you can email us your story at spankyunext at playamedia.com. Spanky is with a U and playa is P-L-A-Y-A media.com. Yeah, we want to know how you popped your kinky cherry. So where were you? How did it happen? How did you feel? Did you learn anything for a special episode? Yeah, everything will be completely anonymous. But if you still don't feel up for sending a voice message, you can, of course, also send in a written story and we'll have a voice actor play you. And we're also heading to FetishCon in Florida, as we mentioned last episode as well. But we're in full planning mode, so we're a bit busy. Yeah, we're going to Florida in August, which will be kind Apparently of... Apparently it's pretty hot there, yeah, I yeah, yeah, and then we'll bring our hotness to it. Yeah, and we'll be doing some special episodes about our experiences there, spotlighting businesses we meet, industry folk. So yeah, we're... Loads of things coming up. Yeah, I'm yeah. really excited. And all about today's episode, because we have a real gem for you. We're going to be talking 24-7 BDSM. This is really hardcore. Yeah, this is where a couple or whoever it may be are in a dynamic that is full-time. It's pre-negotiated, consented to, but it's something I think a lot of people struggle to get their head around where you don't break from the dynamic. I also have to say, you know, sometimes we have these really really extreme ideas about some topics in our head and then you actually speak to the people how they practice it in their day-to-day lives and then you see okay of course you have to kind of get through the day so you have to adapt it to your life to your living situation and this is what uh, Kayla Lords and JB will be telling us. They are a married couple. They met online. They instantly entered into a kinky dynamic. She is the submissive. He is the dom. But it's very contradictory to what I was thinking going in, I have to say, Gregor. Yeah. I mean, they tell us about how they manage, you know, kind of raising kids and how they just manage living together and keeping up their BDSM lifestyle. And as for the women out there, obviously, I had some questions, as you'll hear in the episode, about this kind of replicating traditional gender roles where she I thought she would be the one that did all the housework and did everything for him and cook for him but it's far more nuanced than that it really changes from time to time he does do the laundry and sometimes she has been the actual sole breadwinner and it's a it's a grayer area than I was expecting because I was thinking I was going to go in hard and have all these like 
questions and not be convinced. But I and think then I they, was it, it, the thing is, you, you, we uh, this is uh, these are questions we have a lot of times because we see a lot of female submissives, and and you know one is quick to judge, and then usually you speak to people and and hear how it's actually for them and why they're into it, and it's always kind of quite enlightening. Indeed. And Kayla Laws and JB have their own podcast called Loving BDSM and it's really great and it tells you everything about doing dynamics safely, sanely, consensually and risk aware. Kayla actually has been writing for fetish.com for a while so I've always been reading her articles so it was really nice to finally speak to her in person. She talks a lot which I love because she's like me. (laughs) She's a source of wisdom. (laughs) She is. So I think without further ado let's get into the episode. Let's get them in here. Hello, we have Kayla and JB, a BDSM couple, but also content extraordinaires on the podcast. Welcome. How are you guys doing today? We're wonderful. We're doing good. It's hot and sunny Florida. Yes. You're in Florida. (laughs) We are. Right in the middle of the state. Mm -hmm. Nowhere near a beach. Amazing. 45 minutes away from Mickey Mouse. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we're coming to Florida in August. Oh, really? Okay. We're coming to FetishCon. Oh, oh yes. yes. I've still never been to Fetish Con. No. Mm. Oh really? We, we is it is it a known event in Florida? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's there's numerous events here in Florida mm-hmm. and we've never been to any of them as close as they are in them. our back door. <laughs> yeah, that's what always happens there, right? Whenever you live somewhere you never go to the stuff near you. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so uh, we're very excited about that. We're in full planning mode. I've never been to Florida, so very excited about yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. It's it's a, it is a nice place. I'm glad we live here. <laughs> yeah. You're you're yeah. arriving at the hottest part of the year. Oh yeah. Um, why are we doing um, this? Yeah. Why are we doing this? <laughs> right. Uh, this is the time of year when uh, Floridians hibernate, but you're coming for a good reason. Yeah. I'm, right. I'm yeah. in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So maybe tell us a bit about your dynamic and how you found each other. <laughs> ah, at the time, we were both bloggers. I was writing a blog called Southern Sir's Place, basically talking about my journey and lifestyle. And you were blogging at the same time. I was blogging my sex life. I was blogging a DS breakup. I was Mm -hmm. blogging my entry into figuring out I was submissive. I was blogging my boobs. (laughs) (laughs) Plenty of nudes on that one. (laughs) Yeah, we actually just started out by commenting on, commenting each, other's on each other's blogs, blogs. Yeah. and we found one another through our blogs while I was going through a breakup with my very first dominant partner, Correct. which is the worst feeling in the world. I yeah. just haven't <laughs> found one that's worse yet. And I did a thing that I would not normally do. It's not in my personality. You and I had such fun in the comments because you were doing some fun things with kinky photography right uh, on your blog and you were making me laugh and you were being very kind in my comments which sadly is still a rarity uh for non-troll like behavior and Mm -hmm. i emailed you you did in december so you slid uh, into his dms i did i did (laughs) i've never done that before or since it is not my personality And from there, everything just sort of grew. We already knew going into it that you were dominant. I was submissive. Right. Neither of us were looking for a partner. It sort of snowballed from there because we started out as friends. Then we were talking daily. From there, we developed a long distance power exchange relationship. At that time, I was living in the Tampa Bay area. Still in Florida. We're both still in Florida. On the west coast of Florida. And you were in the Panhandle. I was up in the Panhandle, which is right at the part that kind of touches Alabama. There were 440 (laughs) miles between us. It was a full day's trip if we drove to see one another. The very first time we saw one another, we'd been talking to one another for about four months. Yeah. Before we saw each other. It was in March. It was in March. Mid-March. We spent a week together. I shipped my kids off to go be with their grandmother for a week and went, oh, I'm getting my kink on and I'm going to see if this person is who I think he is. Was it kink at first sight? It was. It was. It was. (laughs) We complement one another very well. While there are some things on the edges of our 
kinky desires and things we like that maybe we aren't completely compatible with on all of our big ones we're completely compatible we once did an episode called our hierarchy of kinks on a takeoff of hierarchy of needs by maslow and the bottom was of course power exchange and then for us the very next one was impact play like spankings and paddles and all that good stuff and for most of what we do yeah we're extremely mm-hmm. extremely compatible so yeah so how was the first time you met it was so hot yeah <laughs> i was kneeling on the floor wearing nothing but a button-up shirt my legs hurt so bad y'all like it's sexy and it's hot but the thighs were shaking i should have worked out first <laughs> and look we give advice all the time about how to do this and safety and risk assessment and i would never advise this but we'd been talking for so long and we felt so connected that i left my front door unlocked and said when you get here just text me first and then just walk in so you went because straight into it straight yeah. into it because i wanted the yeah. first thing he saw was me on my knees that oh is what God. he needed to see it's, it's really it's so not it advisable was, but i really no, get it it's I the so worst thing to do yes, let's so do safe. a little warning for the audience don't safe. do this at home okay don't, don't no, do this no. at home no no and, no, uh, no, no shortly after that you were over my knee on the sofa getting spanked i know within <laughs> 30 minutes to an hour of he arrived park you rode your motorcycle all the way out the 440 miles in March, which is cold for Florida. He parked his motorcycle, barely thawed out, saw me. We're on my couch. We didn't even make it upstairs. I lived in a townhouse at the time and the bedroom was upstairs and all the toys were up there and you brought your toys and that's where it was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. We couldn't even get that far. Um, And within that first, however long, I also used my safe word for the first time. Which for the I, first oh. time, really? For the for the first time with him, <laughs> with I'll him. say that right. with him, previous partner, I'd used a safe word. But if you needed a take a test of whether is this person safe or not, uh, having them yeah. honor your safe word within the first hour of yeah. actually physically being together, it's a it's a pretty good test. Again, I do not advise that. Please don't do yeah, that. Yeah, no. <laughs> Please don't do that if you're new <laughs> and you're meeting a new partner. Please don't. But it worked and you honored it. We stopped. You yeah. slowed down. Um, I guess you had a lot of pent up something going on. Energy. It, oh, yeah. It had was been a while. It was a long ride. I mean, I, I thought I could take a spanking <laughs> at that point. Uh, I we, we had. Oh, no. And the nice thing was with with that, because yeah. of the nature of safe words, we you stopped. But then we talked. You checked on me. And then we started right back up again. Yeah. You just, you know, lowered the intensity. a little. And this bit. was barehanded. Yes. Yes. I'm kind of glad you did not come at me with a paddle for the very first time. I don't know. So it sounds like you were really compatible from the get go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to take it back a bit, Kayla, I read on your blog that you came to kink after a divorce or you found your sexual self after a divorce and then you've spoken about this DS relationship. How did you find out that you were submissive? Like, is there an instructional guide you can give others that are thinking that they might be? Uh, I, I wish there was like an easy checklist to follow. Like, if you're these five things, you're definitely submissive. Uh, not quite. When I was going through my divorce, I was blogging under my legal name kayla lords is like my kink name is not my legal name and so while i was doing that i realized that there were blogs out there to read and i found sex blogs and i found just sort of like hot sex blogs that were still kind of vanilla and then i found very kinky sex blogs that are no longer active or i would totally send everybody to those links because they were so good but they were about power exchange couples and I recognized a lot of it was fantasy and a lot of it was the eroticized version of their life, which was fine. It was hot. It was sexy. I needed something to help me masturbate. I did not mind. (laughs) But the person I always identified with in the stories I was reading and in the blog posts and literatica as well was the submissive person. Like I just clicked with that at about the same time. And I, I sometimes admit this and I have to laugh at myself. I watched the movie Secretary Oh, what a film. What a film. The first time I was highly affected by it. I definitely identified with Maggie Gyllenhaal's character. I did not know it was about BDSM. That is how innocent I was. Okay, so innocent. So innocent. But I knew who I identified with. And I was like, I don't want everything I'm seeing here on my screen, but I want to be in that position. And it was as I read sex blogs. And then when I started 
blogging my own sex life as Kayla Lords. I found more sex blogs and I started learning the language of it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm definitely submissive. That's what this is called. I think it helped me that when I started reading about these things, I saw different perspectives of what it meant to be submissive. So some people were very into what we would call high protocol and very disciplined and only did what their dominant partner said. And then some people like I am now were more playful and it was about the fun you could have. (laughs) Yes. Um, So that weirdly is how I found it. So when people ask me, how do I figure it out? I'm like, whatever way you like to consume media, go find the BDSM stuff. And who do you identify with? What part do you want to play? Because that might be who you are. <laughs> how was the, the first time you tried it in real life versus the, the fantasies you had about it before? It's a lot more awkward in real life. Yeah. It's good. You get the yeah. real yeah. sensation, but you also have to deal with the reality of, oh, wait, my thigh is cramping. Oh, yeah. wait, my knee hurts. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, yeah, I positions. can. looks so I much can... better in porn, doesn't it? Does. <laughs> yes. It looks yes. easier in porn. But then the connection when it's the right partner, and thankfully every partner I've ever had has been a good partner to have at the time, the connection is much more meaningful. Right, Because even when we were long distance and we had to do everything over the phone or by text and we were reading what the other was saying about whatever, mm-hmm. I felt something. I felt it emotionally and mentally, but it's different when you add the physical side to it. Yeah. Prior to having met Kayla, I had a relationship and I had some play partners with Kayla even though we were long distance, there was a very deep emotional mm-hmm. connection. And we fell into the long distance very easily. Mm-hmm. When we moved in together, it became very different. It was, it was oh, very yeah. different. Oh, tell us about and that. Tell us, at, yeah. Look at that at, smile. For the listeners, you can't see the smiles <laughs> on their faces. <laughs> it was chaotic, but it was worth every moment yeah. of it. But what we actually had to do because we had not really anticipated that what we did long distance would not translate. Right. Like we tried to talk about that. We understood certain things, like certain rules we had, there would be no need for a good morning text anymore, anymore. And there would be no need for phone sex every night. We'd be right there together. So we tried to figure out what this would look like, but the reality is, is that what you can conceive in your mind no matter how realistic you're trying to be, never matches up with reality 100%. Because life will throw curveballs. We moved into our townhouse together. My kids, again, were at their grandparents' house for a couple of weeks so we could get settled, which was great. And that was supposed to be, yes, a time to unpack, but a time for all the fuckery because it was summer break for the kids. I was like, (laughs) okay, let's do this. Well, we get moved in. And the very day that all of my stuff gets moved in, because you had already been there for a few weeks, the air conditioner stops working. Oh, oh no, no. Yeah. Right. right for days it didn't work and then we still needed to buy furniture and then right? we had some like family life stuff. takes over and it's not so sexy sometimes right yeah. and then poor jb is trying to teach me some tasks he was like these are things i'd like you to do as my submissive during the day and i'm like okay great and he's trying to teach me things and i was so overwhelmed Right. That we put our DS on pause for right. a couple of we, weeks. We actually had to put everything wow. on, on pause for a little bit, take a step back, deal with all the stuff going on around us at the time, mm-hmm. got that handled. And then we did what we now tell everybody to do, take it one step at a time. Right. That first <laughs> week or so, you had like a five or list. six things were like, you're going to start doing these things. And I went, okay, fine. And I was overwhelmed by like task two. Can you tell us some of the tasks that you had in the first week? Sure. There's still a lot of the things I do yeah. now. So we joke that I am a coffee submissive because JB drinks coffee <laughs> like it's water. Diego for us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he taught me how to make coffee the way that he liked. I used, I learned how to use a French press for the first time in my life. My job for the coffee pot was to get that ready at night before bed. Mm. In the morning, he always has an iced coffee. It's Florida. Of course, they have an iced coffee every day. (laughs) He always has an iced coffee in the morning, takes that to work. It was my job to get that ready. At the time, he worked in an office. So my job was to get his lunch packed, his snacks packed, his gear together. So all he had to do is pick it up and walk out the door. Right. 
And they were very domestic tasks, very simple, small things. But I was also, I picked my life up and moved it to where you were. And I had to adjust to new place, don't know where I'm going. I was building a freelance writing career at that point. Mm -hmm. I was brand new to that. And And then eventually, the yeah, and then the kids came home. (laughs) Oh my God. So let's just kind of... Let's so your your power exchange. It's kind of all englobing in your relationship, every aspect. Is that right? Basically, Pretty we much. have yeah. the one place where we are not dom and sub, and we are just two humans trying to get through life is parenting. We consider ourselves twenty four seven, which I know for some people they think that means that every action you do is directed by your power exchange, like. For some people, that might mean that as a submissive, I wouldn't be allowed to do anything I did not have permission to do. We don't look at it that way. For us, 24-7 means that our dynamic is woven in every part of our life. So while I have the freedom and the autonomy to make many decisions without permission, correct? Um, I do consult with you on almost everything, if not everything. And the way I look at it is you're the decider. So I will come to JB with a thing. Maybe it's a problem. Maybe it's just a question and I'll have options, solutions. Here's what I could do. I could do this. I could do that. Uh, We as a family, as a couple could do this, could do that. And then I go, okay, you decide. (laughs) And then he picked (laughs) from me having chosen that. But when it comes to parenting, and it is one of the only places where if we're going to argue, it's probably going to be about parenting. Yeah. That we have, we come to one another outside of our roles. I have just as much say as he does. We absolutely butt heads over it and disagree at times about the proper course of action. I feel like we take our communication and negotiation skills from our power exchange and we apply that to parenting. So we will go back and forth and go, okay, I know that this is what feels right to you. However, this is what I think is important and why. And then we get somewhere to the messy middle. Yeah. And and early on too, when we first got together and she started her freelance work, that was something that we talked about too, which was out of bounds for the DS. Right. You did uh, not so interfere career with kids out of bounds. Yes. Yeah. Now that we work together and we basically run our own business together, everything we do as Kayla and JB is part of our business. So we have our mm-hmm. podcast, we have website, we have all the stuff that goes with that. You have your own shop. We have other things we do right. that are, not kink related, but we just put it all under the same umbrella. Now it's a collaborative effort. But when it was my freelance career and my clients and my name, that was a place where you did not tell me what Mm -hmm. I should do. That does not mean I did not come to him and go, I need help with this. Like that's been a big part of our power exchange, not just for me as a submissive, but each other, we help each other be better than we already are so we support one another Mm -hmm. and yes that's what people in relationships should do regardless of power exchange i see it when i'm supporting jb as being my submissive self he sees it when he's supporting me as being his dominant daddy dom specifically self caring self yeah (laughs) exactly and the roles don't matter but we just view it through that lens and we operate through that lens so I could make the decisions for my business when it was just me, but I still went to him as a sounding board. And again, people in all kinds of relationships can do that. But I come to him as a submissive. I come to him looking for guidance. Does this make it easier sometimes because you're already in this mindset of it's okay to ask for help? Yes, yes. I think the thing that messes up relationships outside of a power exchange all the time is not having clearly defined roles. I don't care what you call those roles. I don't care what the tasks are and how they get divvied up. There are things that I do that outsiders would say, oh, well, that looks like you're in charge and in control when actually JB has said, I need you to do this because you're the best suited to do it. You have the best skills. I think that's interesting because we talk about kink, but what it is is a lot of everyday activities that aren't actually sexy, right? Um, I mean, maybe, you know, talking about these things are sexy, but, you know, it's it's a dynamic that works outside of kink in lots of ways, but also you see these everyday things as kinky as well because it's a 24-7 dynamic. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Our dynamic has morphed over time to where a lot of this stuff in our power exchange is very subtle. Mm-hmm. It has to be. We're what? raising kids and there's right. people around I just around want to ask, how do, you want, how do you do it in front of the kids? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's certain things like her making my iced coffee. Okay. That is part of our 
protocol part of our dynamic, but it just looks like my wife making me a cup of coffee. When we go out, she's not allowed to touch a door. He gets. I open doors for her, Mm -hmm. which was really hard to unlearn doing it for myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And is that from like a chivalrous point of view, or just that's Um, what you need to do? As a, um, as a dog. It, it's, it's a little bit chivalrous, but at the same time, I look at it as she does a lot for me as my baby girl, as my submissive. And that's in part my way of giving back to her. Right. But also, I would say it's definitely a level of control. He maintains control. I don't get out of the car until he opens the door for me. I don't walk into a building until he opens the door for me. Right. And part of that, we absolutely embrace the subtlety of our yeah. power exchange because we've had to when you have children and you don't want to answer their questions because they will have questions <laughs> right. what we have done is take everyday things that are meaningful and helpful to each other and given them their own meaning so that i think allows us to be in our dom and sub headspace and mindset mm-hmm. when there's no kink in sight like it's a kink desert around here right now like there's not a lot going on <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You're not even going to fetish con. I mean, I know. I know. Exactly. I know. You know, yeah, there, there's not been a lot of kink, but that power exchange still is in existence. And it, that's that connection that keeps us going because we right. both get cranky when there's not time for spankings and scenes yeah. and bondage and all the things mm-hmm. we enjoy doing. Right. But we can also connect and relate to one another at any point in the day, knowing who we are to one another. So, right. I can walk in, we're recording in our our home office, which is the largest room and the hottest room, but it's our space. The kids will come in sometimes, but they mostly know to stay away. So I can walk in here and know that I can't be overheard and say, daddy, I need something. And we're right there in our dynamic. Or I can make his iced coffee or apologize if I'm running late with it, which is uh, not a good feeling. (laughs) So I'm interested to know, like, what do people get wrong about 24-7 dynamics? Like, are there stigmas that you often face about this type of dynamic that come up I, a lot? I, I think the biggest thing about a 24-7 that people really get wrong is that they think it's constant kink with whips and chains and paddles. Or and lots of rules and lots of micromanagement. And there are dynamics the, out there that do that. Right. But that's not the norm. That's not the average dynamic that's right. 24-7. I mean... You know, we, over the years, we have gone through life and it's not always the sexy, kinky thing that's portrayed in porn or Tumblr images and things like that. Sometimes it's, it's the day-to-day grind of life. And I think that that falls into another very common misconception from both sides of the slash. So people think that the dominant in 24-7 is always on, always in charge, always in control, always ready mm-hmm. to issue orders or whatever and that the submissive is always serving always kneeling but always or never in charge of anything i have a lot of autonomy within our 24 7 dynamic primarily because it's overwhelming to jb to be on every moment of every day not even in the big life situations where we've had to sort of juggle that but just every day you've got stuff going on Mm -hmm. so what we do to stay within our dynamic, but give ourselves the space to just sort of be our own people at the same time as we create parameters. I know what right. decisions I can make on my own within guidelines that we established ages ago. I know after all of these years together where I have to go get permission and where I don't have to go get permission. Mm-hmm. But also sometimes <laughs> there's just no time or energy to really be in the thick of things. So we fall back on the way we interact with one another. Like I don't call him daddy as often as I would like to, because I won't call him that in front of people. I don't want to have the conversation with about why I'm calling that like the kids. So yeah, I I think it really is the misconception that both the dynamic and the individuals are always on. That's the the biggest. I I think another big misconception with 24-7 is that people think that Oh, well, you decide you're going to go 24-7 and it just happens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't. It took us a while to get here. It it took a lot of communication. It may it requires a lot of communication which, to maintain which it. Which is still ongoing. We mm-hmm. talk about everything, no matter how small or silly 
it may seem, I mean, we are constantly talking about things. And we have, you set a rule very beginning the moment we met that is what keeps us in our dynamic no matter what's going on even if we're not following tasks we're whatever and that is there was a rule for me but it's a rule for both of us we always speak to one another with respect so as a submissive Mm -hmm. there's a specific way i would do that it's a title it's a sort of demeanor i kind of have when i i don't tell him anything i ask him most of the time Uh, if i'm telling him something it's because i know i can because we've developed it over the years but you also treat me with a level of respect not and it's it goes beyond well this is your partner this is your wife it's about the way we treat one another as dom and sub it's not subservient from my mm-hmm. perspective until that's the time for that it's just <laughs> this deference that i give him and the way you talk to me is with this level of care like are you okay kind of thing what do you mm-hmm. need for me and that even if the conversation is completely purely vanilla, has nothing to do with our dynamic, that way of speaking to one another is what keeps us connected as well. And so when somebody's like, but I can't do my dynamic all the time, I'm like, I I know you can't, it's impossible. Life is going to kick your butt at some point. The way we talk to one another keeps us connected as much as anything, even when everything else has to shut down. I would like to take the conversation back a bit to these daily tasks mm-hmm. and how some people might think this might also just, uh, you know, represent traditional gender role stereotypes. So how is power exchange or your dynamic different from that? That's been a thing I have grappled with my whole time of understanding. I was a service submissive who is attracted to and has masculine partners like they're Hmm. they're men or they're masculine people that's who i'm attracted to and i am absolutely a cis woman who is then conforming to what from the outside look like the same old things women have been doing for hundreds of years and the way that i think about it for myself is that it's about the intentionality of it i don't do anything that i don't want to be doing it's not that the tasks i've been given and that i do are expectations because I'm the woman, right? They're not, well, of course you do these things because you're the girl in the relationship. They are things that one, I had to consent to do at all. I could have said, no, I was not going to do that. And two, serve a purpose is not about our gender role. And that is not Mm -hmm. about maintaining a status quo. The things I do as a submissive, my daily tasks make JB's life a little bit better because that's what I want to do for him as a partner. And that would be true regardless of his gender. At the same time, he does not expect me to do things he has not asked me to do and that there's not a reason to do. So we approach it with an understanding of exactly why we're doing something and there's always choice involved. And what I'd like to add to this Even before we had any kind of dynamic between us, I look at Kayla as an equal. We are equals that are in a consensual, negotiated power exchange. And we can renegotiate and and do. And and we do. It's not a, we set these rules in 2012, 2013, and now we do them for the rest of our lives. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. And just to show, there was a time few years back when Kayla was earning way more money than me, mm-hmm. I ended up not having a job. Mm-hmm. So to keep her going full force with work, I took over bringing the kids to school, picking them up. I was doing laundry. I was cooking all the meals, mm-hmm. cleaning the house. I mm-hmm. And there was a time prior to that when I did more of those stereotypical tasks, which... Right. I am not suited to do. (laughs) Not my favorite things. I like to be full-time employed and would love to have a live-in mate. Um, But then... Right. Then as life took its yet another turn and I lost most of my income and we actually evened out and that's where we've been for about a year 
it's not been fun. It's not been easy, but there we are. Mm -hmm. We actually divvy up the household stuff and we base that on who's best suited to and or are we both willing to do this? So like dishes, he could have set that as a task that his submissive would just do, except he knows that after a while I'm done. I don't want to do dishes anymore. So we share it. You were doing laundry. You were doing all of the laundry every week, especially when I was sort of at the height of the work I was doing. And when that dropped down, you came to me and went, I'm happy to keep doing laundry. I get it. But I am so burnt out. So if it was about conforming to gender roles and expectations, you would think, oh, he would have just gone, well, you're the submissive. You do laundry now. Actually, mm, what we did is we a sat, good point. Yeah. Right? We sat yeah. down and we actually talked about it. I went, what's the part you hate the most about laundry? Because everybody's got a part they hate the most if it's not <laughs> oh, yeah, the whole yeah. activity, right? right. He was Funnily like, enough, it's usually different parts. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. He goes, I hate folding it. I went, you know what? I don't. If I don't have to do all of it, I don't mind folding it. We negotiated how we would split right. the chores. So now I wash and dry, she folds and puts away. Right. Yeah. Uh, when and I have to, sorry, Kayla. I have okay. to say, uh, like, having spoken to you, I don't think there's any danger of anyone thinking you're a powerless woman in this space, <laughs> by the way. The and amount also- of people who are like, I can't tell who the sub is in that relationship because of how I am. I just, I roll my eyes. I'm like, I don't need you to be able to tell in the submissive of you exactly. strange person on the internet. But I think because- it's more nuanced than that, right? Like, what you're saying is it's so not black and white. It, mm-hmm. it, you might seem like it may come across on paper to people uncomfortable be like oh well you know what's feminism for but like you say it's a constant negotiation and communication right right? do you guys do you guys fight yes oh yes yes how Uh, we had one recently that we didn't resolve in the way we recommend resolving arguments and, and the way we usually do which is you realize you're angry you take a break you come back a day or so later and you talk through it we resolved it by not being annoyed at one another but we did not do the sit down let's talk about why we no, argued we, we just snapped did. at one another but, went you to know, different no, rooms. We, yeah That's we natural, we do right? we yeah. we fuss um yeah you know, it's money we, and it's kids yeah those are our two things. Th- those are our two weak points and you know regardless of of the dynamic in our relationship we are human mm-hmm. and we have our foibles and sometimes they bubble up and (laughs) absolutely and we both of us not just me not just the expectation i'll do this as a submissive or a woman both of us we will absolutely apologize once we understand that we're wrong sometimes you have to be helped in understanding that that you were the one that was wrong and sometimes i never apologize either (laughs) (laughs) i i mean there were a lot of things that had to occur for me to realize i could trust jb not just as a partner but as a dominant who could technically sort of be in charge 24 7 um his humility is absolutely part of that if he's wrong he will go i was wrong i'm sorry how can i fix this if he doesn't know he'll say i I don't know Uh, when he knows i'm the best one with the most knowledge or the most skills he will defer to me in that thing it does not Mm -hmm. being able to do those things in he understands and i know and i think hopefully many people will understand this does not take away from his power and his control it's the fact that he will do those things and has done those things that then allows me to give him more control and that i think is the thing that people forget he doesn't take the power i give it to him right. and i That's can take really it back when i need to but subtle difference yeah yes now does he take it in a negotiated moment where it's like hot and heavy and uh, yes please i <laughs> let's please god let's do some kink Yes. That's different. That's not how we live our life every day. He doesn't just walk up to me every moment of the day and grab me by the hair and go, you will do this. We call it a power imbalance amongst equals. Yeah. We each see the other's value. We determine the roles. We determine what we are willing to do. And then on a personal level, we think about why we're doing it. And I do it to serve because that's what I like to do for a person I deeply care about, which is also how I could look back on my pre-kink life and go, oh, you have always been submissive. You were just serving the wrong people who took mm. advantage of that. Yeah. So that happens actually in non-kink relationships all the time. All and I wonder time, if yeah. you get this sense that when we've talked, well, we talk to submissives a lot. I mean, there's a lot on fetish.com, as you know. Is there this liberation in letting go of these responsibilities? Like, d- does it free you up in your mind and, you know, your life? In the early days when it was new, absolutely. It, it was a freedom. It was a, you mean, I don't have to be responsible for every single solitary decision I make in life. Somebody else will will take this on and do this with me. 
And that was the feeling I would just, I would say it was, a, it was liberating. Is there punishment, punishment, if you do do something wrong? We don't play with punishment because the things that are typically punishment or punishments are things I enjoy. So yeah, that's, that's a real problem that a lot of people have. Right, <laughs> right. right. We heard that so, a couple of times. <laughs> if we're, if something's going to happen where he needs me to know I should not do that again, it has to be an actual consequence and a punishment. And Such as? Um, well, there's, there's several things that work very well with her. By work, he means they suck. They suck so much. I hate them. Um, <laughs> by <laundry>. saying, <laughs> um, by saying you disappointed me. Oh, I don't like that one. No, I don't like oh. that one at all. Oh, that's, that's for very yeah. minor yeah. things. That's yeah. not like yeah. if I went and spent all the money out of our account or something that he would, I would not get it. Just, I would, but that would not be the, the only punishment. And, um, corner time. I hate being put in the corner. I mean, yeah. I, that's a stereotypical, like, little baby girl kind of, of consequence. Nice people do. Yeah. It's fucking effective. When people ask us, like, how do I pick a punishment? What's the best punishment for a partner? First of all, it, punishment has to be consented to just as much as anything. All right. But two, it's the thing that will deter behavior because punishment does not deter behavior. Punishment exactly. means it's definitely going to happen mm. again because the fun, the, the word fun that's is fun, in there, yeah. right? Which is fine. When people play like that, I think as long as you understand that's how you're playing, no harm, no foul. Have a good time. But if you are talking about you did a thing you knew was wrong and you as my dom don't want me to do that thing anymore, what has to be the consequence so you remember and hopefully don't do it again? Writing so always, lines. Oh, yeah. I had to do that a few <laughs> oh, times. Yeah, I don't like that one. We did a podcast episode with the DDLG couple, you know, Caregiver Little. And writing lines was one of yeah. the punishments. Mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. really hated it as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it was, yeah, corner time. Climb corner, out. Like corner time, yeah. 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 And that, tested. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's finding things that the submissive partner is going to be like, I want to actively avoid that. But if you want to play with punishment, then it matters a little less. We have done punishment, not like a negotiated kind of thing, but sort of we found ourselves in this where I, so I know the term is bratty, but I don't like to call myself bratty. That feel that's too, no, I have feelings about that word. So I say I'm <laughs> sassy. I'm very sassy. And I know I am. And this mouth will just run away with me sometimes. Oh yeah. And so that is where punishment will sometimes happen because you can make my favorite activity a spanking the worst thing ever. And I would like to avoid that. Like, you know how to make it hurt. And so that if I get overly sassy and you're in the right mood, <laughs> will the spanking be God awful? Yes, it will. Oh, yes, yeah. it will. Yeah. Um, uh, I will. Like as in not fun. Actually. Not exactly. fun at all. But I have not learned the lesson. It's not at the level of corner time. Yeah. I'm still going to be because sassy you would later. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Can you use safe words in the punishment? Yes. 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 Um, I once, maybe twice throughout our whole relationship, I've used a safe word when we were about to deal with punishment. It was not in the middle of the punishment. It was as you were about to go, this is your punishment. One time, I think I just, it was wrong headspace. It was not hitting right. I was not feeling my submissive self. I don't remember what. One time I fundamentally disagreed with you about whether I deserved punishment and I safe word and I went, "Uh uh-uh. We're stopping right now. We're gonna have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do as a submissive who wants to do what her dominant tells her to do yeah. all the time. I want him to always be right. I want him to always be the one deciding what happens next. But I'm gonna advocate for myself, and I'm gonna advocate on behalf of this relationship. Right. And if I think if somewhere deep down I'm like this is wrong, mm-hmm. and and regardless I'll- of me being dominant and in technically in charge, I am not infallible. Okay, I I can make mistakes. And you are not a doormat, so you have every right to call me on that when it, hap- when it does happen. And you have maintained my trust, and we've kept this dynamic going because you have always honored that. You've always listened to me. Now, maybe not in the moment if you completely disagreed with me. <laughs> if, you, if we were really angry at one another, we were not listening to each other at all. Right. But if I say for it, it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter how angry he is. It doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter. Everything just stops, and we... Yeah come to a calm place. I think that's really important for people listening to see that that really is there still. That Mm -hmm. safety assurance Mm -hmm. that all kink relationships need so it doesn't cross into a bad territory. And I think it has even grown with you, hasn't it? Yes, Mm. I I think so. I'm going to say something that might be unpopular with some people. I am not a fan of people who go, well, we've known one another long enough. We don't need a safe word. 
I, no, I don't, yeah, no. I don't yeah, care. I, I don't care. No. First of all, mistakes happen at any point. Correct. Um, bodies do weird things. So I don't mm-hmm. care how good of a top or a dom you are. Your bottom's bottom might be in a bad position. And also safe words and things like this, when he has the power over me to put me in the corner, put me over his knee, do something that is going to impact me on some level mentally or physically he cannot be he might not be in the right frame of mind when he's making those decisions and i am going to take care of myself first and foremost and also take care of him because if i let him punish me when that was the wrong time to do it or the wrong way i would have felt very upset about it beyond being upset over punishment that would have harmed our dynamic it would have harmed me he would have figured out once he calmed down that he was wrong so then he gets to live with that guilt forever because i didn't say something and then we might be spending time re-establishing trust between us when all Mm -hmm. i have to do is just put things on pause with one word and now we're talking to one another again and and that's just like too with with punishment we also believe in aftercare yes after punishment punishment. okay because the punishment is for the transgression the punishment then wipes the slate clean, mm-hmm. and it's done. You move forward. Mm-hmm. And there have been several times too. I have safe worded out of a scene. You have you really? safe worded out of a couple oh, of times. Oh, that. That's really interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. there were two times that come to mind. One time when we play at the dungeon, we use the uh, traffic light, and mm-hmm. I will yeah. often ask her for for a color during the scene. Could you explain the traffic light for anyone? Uh, The traffic light is green. If I ask her for a color, green, everything is good. Yellow, it's getting a little intense, slow down. Red means stop. And red is our safe word, so I can can say red at any point and and all stop. So we were playing. We were both having a very incredible scene. Very intense. And I asked her for a color, Mm -hmm. and she could not respond. Mm Mm-mm. Uh, oh, she did not respond. I think I was already in subspace. Yeah, yeah. I was out of it. Completely. And at that point, when I could not get you to give me a color, like, okay, we we are done. done here. We're stopping. Yes, because there was no feedback for you. Exactly, right. he couldn't keep me or himself right. safe at that point. Yeah, but that's a conscientious dom. I imagine there's others that don't play so well. Yeah, yeah sadly, there's some yeah. that don't. Then there was a time we were seeing. And I was like, uh, dark green, forest green, emerald green, please keep going. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for this. <laughs> I even said, because you had just, it it was right around after your sister died right. of cancer several years ago. Oh, and I'm sorry. I, I said, we haven't seen in a while. We kind of, we didn't put our dynamic on a break, but he needed to not, he needed me not to depend on him for answers for a while yeah. while he went through that, yeah. as you can imagine. I, I was her caregiver while she was going right. Her. So he didn't have the energy to come home and be big domly dom, which was fine. And I saw it as a service to just take care of things and give him his space. So the immediacy of everything going on had passed. You were finally, you thought, ready mm-hmm. to scene again. I, if you say this to the wrong person, it's the it's stupid. Don't do it. But I said it to a person I know I can trust with my mind and my body. I said, go as hard as you need to. Like, if you've got some aggression pent up, I, I'm here for it. I could, I could use it myself. Just, I'll safe mm-hmm. word. Don't worry. But you just go hard. Don't worry. And so I thought we were really setting up for a really intense scene because when you've been in a relationship long enough, you know, somebody's tells of like when they're overwhelmed, when they're at the end of their rope, when they're, you know, stressed. And he of course was there. We start seeing and mm-hmm. he's going hard. And I'm like, can I take it? And I went, I can take it. No need to say for it. I'm keeping myself safe. Not a problem. And then there came a point you went, I can't do this anymore. Right. And you said, mm-hmm. red, I have to stop. Yep. And when we talked about it later, I, you told me why. You told me I what's going on in your mind. still, at that point, had way too much anger. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that was manifesting yeah. in the and, scene. And, and, and mm-hmm. it was starting. I, I could feel that inside me. And I was like, this could go wrong. Right. And I, I cannot do this. I have to stop. He, he could have lost control. Yeah. And so he stopped. And it's stuff like that. Well, guess what? I'll play with you any day of the week because... I know you're going to do that. We have we have a funny-ish safe word. We had to establish a safe word that was not about scenes. It's a completely separate word. It's not red. 
So I don't know if anybody can hear the sound of my voice can tell, but I am a little intense. I have lots of thoughts and ideas. Mm-hmm. I can talk for hours if I'm on the right subject. And it's if you're overwhelmed, you're not alone. I can absolutely overwhelm JB with everything I'd like to say in one conversation. Uh, and we had gone to get coffee and we're talking about lots of things, both work-related our relationship, all kinds of stuff. And we had been going in conversation for a couple of hours, drinking coffee, talking, talking through lots of things. And I had gotten myself like worked up. Like I was super excited. I had some ideas. He was just going, 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 going. And (laughs) what I needed was him to make some decisions. What he needed was a break. (laughs) And I'm sure my partner would love if we had a safe word for me doing that. He said, look, can we stop? Can we come back to this in a few days? And again, I already said, I'm not a patient person. And I was like, this was on my mind. And these were these things that have been living in my head. And I wanted to get them out. And I wanted his feedback. And and I went, oh, do we have to? He's like, yeah, let, let's go. I'm ready to go home. I love you. I need a break from this. And I think I paused for about 30 seconds, long enough for us to maybe get out to the car, mm-hmm. I think. And then I started right back up again. And he turned around and went, no and i think the first time you did it you did say red because i would understand immediately what he was mm-hmm. doing and then later we set up a safe word yeah what is it? it's word. not no is it no it's rumpelstiltskin <laughs> rumpelstiltskin oh my god i love it such a long <laughs> one it's quite wordy yeah. we have been ironic now uh we have been <laughs> in the middle of a grocery store we've been in the middle of a restaurant we've been in the middle of another coffee shop and i'm i'm just i'm going i'm i've stream of consciousness and he'll go Baby girl, Rumpelstiltskin, okay? That's <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not going to lie. Does it hurt my baby girl feelings? Yeah. yeah. A little bit. But also, <laughs> by doing that, I know he will come back to the conversation later. It's very, very <laughs> rare that I have used yeah. it. I'm better at watching um, your demeanor. <laughs> the, the very first time I ever really used it was the cell phone incident. <gasps> I forgot about that. <laughs> There's so much to get into. You you wanted to upgrade, thinking wanted to see about upgrading the plan for the cell phone. I, well, I, I had and, a whole and she plan. was like really I'd done all my research. Oh, she had done all her research and she had her ducks in a row. And she he was, was not sold on it. He we was not we ready were to do we it. were out for our evening walk. Yes, and and she's just going going going. And finally, I just looked at her and I said, Rumpelstiltskin, <laughs> and you know? and her face just. Oh, drop my favorite <laughs> yeah you know what i think and, this sorry to interrupt but i think this safe word really depends a lot on the love and trust you have between each other because you know you could interpret this from two different ways one is please shut up mm-hmm. and the other one is i'm at capacity mm-hmm. i really i cannot listen to you at this moment anymore right we need mm-hmm. to kind of postpone this conversation right and it helped that the first time he did that he immediately especially because the first time you used it was red and we didn't have the the word in place i was i was hurt i was i was Mm. sad i I hated feeling like i had done something wrong but he immediately went into exactly that i am at capacity i'm happy to talk about this with you at another point but i need a break and exactly the communication is not just in the setup of the thing you're going to do it the communication is required in all facets but certainly after you have brought anything to an abrupt stop seen or otherwise you might not have the conversation right that second because it depends on what's going on but as soon as possible after if you're not talking about what the hell just happened why did this moment come to a stop then that leaves room for interpretation and hurt feelings and resentment and what you think the other person meant because they're not clearly explaining themselves yeah and and i think a lot of us a lot of us then go back to ourselves and say oh my god what did i do wrong exactly (laughs) exactly right So would you say that your dynamic has kept the spark going on in your relationship? Yeah, how long has it been, actually? We met December 20... We say met because that was when I slid into his DMs. December 23rd, (laughs) 2012. And we've been together ever since. So this December, we'll call it 10 10 years. years, Yeah, Mm -hmm. And I think so. I think that our dynamic 
keeps us going when real life just crashes down. We've been through family member deaths. We've been through loss of income. We went through being outed on both sides of our family and the the bad, bad stuff that came with that. We have been through children being sick. We've been through... JB was hit by an actual car while driving his motorcycle. We've we've been through that. <laughs> yeah. We've been through hospital stays. We've been through things. Yeah. yeah. And we're still going through stuff because that's just the nature it's, of life. It's just life. Yeah. And the while we cannot get our kink on nearly as often as we'd like, nowhere near close. The fact that we are connected in that way. So even in, if if we can just get a quiet moment with one another, and it's usually mm-hmm. when we're in bed ready to go to sleep. Yeah. And we kind of fall into our role with one another he is daddy i'm baby girl we are our deepest truest selves on just that small level knowing that that is always there i know that when we get to the other side of it i'm i'm gonna be playful and he's gonna give me his dom look and laugh (laughs) at me and it's gonna be there it does not go away we've thankfully knock on wood never had anything so big we couldn't overcome it no um and that is yeah that that i can go through anything with this man i already have Mm -hmm. i feel like because at the end of the day the dynamic underlies everything we do right and the same same with you because i know regardless of what's going on you've got my back Mm -hmm. you are there supporting me and and you're there for me and you know she she jokes about not liking the brat word and you know she it's her sassiness a lot of people are like, oh, you know, how can you put up with that? I love it. I, I love it. I, I think that's what keeps our relationship light. We're always laughing. I mean, granted, not the deepest, well. darkest moments. Maybe not. <laughs> no, yeah. not but yeah. even, you know, that's what I, I know for me, that's what gets me through the hard times is that we're going to go through this hard thing. And then at some point, one of us is going to look at the other and crack some stupid joke or or an innuendo my favorite is if we're like we mention a kink thing and it it goes over everybody's heads and then we'll just look at one another and there's this gleam in his eye when he does it and i'm like that's my daddy okay it's sold i i well unless it's too painful to talk about we actually were wondering if your friends and well your family knew like the outing was other people that outed you to the family or it was different for each of us yeah um it was an ex of mine that found my blog and the podcast. And she didn't know? No, because no. it was ah. this very this vanilla was, ex-wife. Was ex, yeah. Ah, okay. She was yeah. vanilla. So you both and had very vanilla relationships before. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she found your material. She, she found that, and then she started vague booking. Oh, yes. All over Facebook. Oh, when you just think you know somebody. Oh, when you thought you could trust somebody. That's really bad. That's kind of really intrusive and toxic. Yeah. Well, also, so with this former partner, he helped raise her children. He had stepchildren in that relationship. Not only did she vague book all over Facebook, she went and told her children, who were adults, thankfully, at the Mm -hmm. time, but still went and told each of her children what she had found out, sent them the links, let them look through oh, everything. That's yeah. brutal. Yeah. And uh yeah. And that, at the time he worked for a company and in a field where if it had been found out Well, it was a public uh, uh yeah, worked public for job. Oh, public yeah, job. Scandal he'd have, City. He'd have lost yeah. his job immediately if they had found out. So we were living in fear and on right. edge, not because mm-hmm. family he didn't air quote family that he didn't care about anymore had found out. That was upsetting and bothersome, of course. It was his job. And so yeah. that's when he made the decision. He would basically semi-retire and start working from home. And we would make loving BDSM more of a, a priority a in terms yeah. of, you know, career. And you started doing woodworking and became a, a kinky toy maker. And you know, that <laughs> yeah. sort of cool. set so us it, down that so path. So it kind of, that actually was so kind of grave that it made you semi-retire, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's because it can be. If um, he had been be fired, like, he would have at, lost his retirement at, at, pension. At that point, yeah, because of the job sector that I was working in at that time, if anything had come out publicly, it would have been a mess, you know, lose my job retirement, but um, it could have become a media circus. Sure. For and then Kayla there would have been scrutiny, right, right, on us because we were raising two small children. 
you yeah. know. Yeah. So I, I mean, I it's crazy that it even matters, really. That right. Yeah, people it really do shows yeah. in their yeah. private the stigma life, but it's still, still exists, yeah, it's yeah. still mm-hmm. it's not okay. And what about the, you, Kayla? Right. For me, so when he was outed on his side of the air quote family, uh, <laughs> I went. It's not fair for everybody in your life to know even some of this. And my family to be in total ignorance. So I thought, okay, I will manage the situation. I will put air quotes around out myself because I didn't get into the details. I just said, okay, my job as a writer is to write about sex. JB and I, who I do not refer to as JB in front of them, I have to say his name because it's fine. I said, we (laughs) talk about alternative relationships and alternative ways of right lifestyles and some of my relatives and friends could read between the lines and knew exactly what i meant and then like my mother's completely innocent like genuinely it's strange how she's gotten through 60 years of life but she's very innocent okay and so for her i could go well you know i i i review sex toys and i give relationship advice and she went okay And so that went fine. My mom wanted to stay away from it. She didn't want too many details. I respected that. I was grateful for that. She said, are my grandchildren happy and healthy? And I said, yes. She went, okay, I don't need to know much more. Fast forward, what, a couple years? Mm -hmm. I was sort of at the height of my sex blogging life and freelance writing as a sex writer life. And for the second or third year, I went to Eroticon in london which oh, is yeah. a no, yeah. for sex writers yeah. i love going i was a speaker for a couple of sessions it was great somehow in conversation between my mom who was very proud of me like sex makes her squeamish but she was so proud that her baby was speaking at this convention in london <laughs> that more of my information than i had previously shared my the name i use online my you know a couple things like that were shared with my stepfather, her husband. And he did some digging and learned all the details I had never shared. And immediately judged both JB and myself harshly, thought we were basically evil people who were corrupting our children, kicked us out and off of his property where my mother lives. I have not been to where she lives yeah, it's, yeah, this happened in 2019. She comes to visit me without him. I'm not unhappy about that. Uh, he then told everybody in his family who I was, no. what happened. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not even just his family, oh. his friends. Why does he care so, so much? What's his deal? Oh, oh, I think there's a lot of repression and he could use some therapy. Exactly. Uh, yeah. He could use some spanking. Let's be honest. Something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe he needs to be topped. I don't know. Um, and so... There was already a rift between him and myself because we did not get along for other reasons. Yeah. But basically, I have not laid eyes on him since 2019. I'm not upset about that. But my mom's life has been made harder because she because basically she has to choose. Yeah, she's right, mm-hmm. and she comes to visit. She'll be here actually in a couple of days. But he does not make that easy on her. He still judges us harshly. I don't. Thankfully, thankfully when that happened i cared because i didn't want my mom to be in the middle i didn't want her to be upset but i didn't care because the work that i was doing that he judged so harshly and basically said i was an evil human being for and that he couldn't believe that my husband allowed me to do these things you want to talk about gender conforming and gender norms oh yes Mm -hmm. um that is what was basically paying for our life at that point i was the main breadwinner at that point and i had made a life and was about to buy a house and was doing all of these things big things that are conventionally like markers of success right the hypocrisy right by talking about sex and and kink and and being true to myself and so i didn't like what i had to face but i also couldn't make myself care that much because it was like I'm clearly doing something right with my life. I've got thriving kids who are sex positive and better educated about sex and their body Mm -hmm. and gender and sexuality than all of their friends. And we've created a life that we love and I have a solid Mm -hmm. relationship. You can feel what you feel about me, but I know who I am and I'm... I think sometimes it's good to just to see people for who they actually are. Sometimes when they reveal themselves and you know, oh my God, you judgy bitch. Right, exactly. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I um I don't regret it. 
I, I hate that it happened. It was very stressful at the time. Yeah, we did worry about, also, yeah. you know, we, we worried about how he would respond because he did throw out the, well, they're clearly dangerous to their children. And we were yeah, like, that's okay, very, what's that going to mean? Yeah, what are you going to do? Thing to that say. that um, had us on edge for a, but for a while. But I am... Um, I have no shame and and about what we do and i think that was the one bright spot out of all of that mess mm-hmm. was we learned just how strong we are together which we already knew and how good we feel about what we do you know i i maintain privacy i don't go out there and tell every vanilla person i meet guess what i do i actually i'm, like, oh, I'm, a, fr- I'm a freelance writer you know? i love that starbucks yeah. right. yeah. uh, <laughs> oh the amount of times i've worked at starbucks and people tried to just sit way too close pre-pandemic they were sitting way i'm like do not look at this screen oh i have that all the time every time and like things come up on my yeah. screen and i literally see people in cafes go what the f- fuck a, a privacy fuck. protector screen thing is great i finally got one oh. i didn't care who sat next to me after that oh, but that's before really then good idea, yeah, that's actually, really good I, idea. I so normal to me but i realize yeah. there's loads of prudes around so exactly yeah. it's their loss hey yeah. well thank you so much for sharing that because you know that was really like a uh, yeah, deep really painful experience difficult story and mm. we've loved having you on it's been like a great chat honestly i feel i feel nourished yeah maybe maybe tell people a bit more um what you do because you you write you do the podcasts tell them where to, where to find you yeah uh, the best place to find us is lovingbdsm.net. that's our website our podcast is loving bdsm all major podcast apps but we're all over the internet but if you go to lovingbdsm.net, you'll find all the places that we're yeah. at and then because you won't i'ma do it i'm, a, I'm a plug my daddy's shop he is a kinky toy maker Oh, yeah. store is called The Kinkery. It's thekinkery.com. So yeah. thekinkery.com. Uh-huh. Yeah. But if you, again, if you go to our main website, lovingbdsm.net, you'll get there. You'll find all the resources. All there. of it's mm-hmm. there. That's that's our little hub. Huh? Amazing. So there you can find everything. And yeah, thank oh, you so amazing. much for coming on. I think, yeah, we could be talking to you. I, <laughs> I could keep going. I, you, y'all know me. I could keep I going. Yeah. Somebody's going to rumple stilts oh, yeah. get out before I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having it's us been it's been awesome. a pleasure it's been no, let's stay in touch and yeah. definitely uh, hey waiting to get right only leave you left behind up goes the early bird soaring down scrounge around for whatever words might be obtainable never knew who flew about this first so what's available not a lot it seems what you gonna do for it anything i means type of dedication you gotta have as you're blazing the path never know who trailing you're hoping to get familiar with the ways of the things that we do bought hard and hold everyone who here accountable speaking up stack it up till it's high as the stars in the skies always told to shine bright you see it in my eyes Ooh, we found high among the lows yeah and here we are again gregor what are you thinking i have to say we had a really long conversation with Kayla and JB and it turned out so interesting that we didn't want to cut most of it so that's why you just enjoyed a really long episode longer than usual and we just want to say congrats for making it that far yeah if you are listening now fair play to you and one of our favorite listeners yes exactly keep coming it was actually a lot of fun just sitting together with them and talking and yeah and they really surprised us when they how they managed their marriage and their their uh dumb sub relationship absolutely so i think that wraps it for this episode i don't think we need to keep you guys any longer from maybe your work or whatever you should be doing and we'll see you next time see you next time keep it kinky keep it kinky Don't forget to subscribe to Spank You Next on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at Spank you Next Podcast. If you'd like to connect with people who share your kinks, sign up to Fetish.com for free or download the Fet app from Google Play Store and the App Store now. And for any one of you who is looking to deepen their knowledge of kink, head to the BDSM training school on fetish.com and enroll in a course now. And last but not least, shout out to our producer Billy Cragen, our kinky team and everyone who makes this podcast possible. 